0: Growing up, I always want to see more people who look like me that were successful.
1: Can I afford to take a risk to follow my dreams? We are excited to bring you the Make Your Mark podcast hosted by philanthropist Kim Niles. The Make Your Mark podcast allows you to hear personal stories of resilience by professionals and public figures of color. Our guests unapologetically share their triumphs, lessons learned, and how they found balance in their experiences. Tune in to equip yourself with strategies and coping mechanisms on how to boldly, Make Your Mark. Subscribe and listen now. Hello and welcome back to the Make Your Mark talk show. My name is Kim Niles and I'm going to be your host today. And we are having, we're about to have a really great conversation. Today we have a very special guest. His name is Mr. Brandon Rowe from City TV News storyteller, and news reporter. And I made sure to put that first, Brandon. Storyteller.
0: I appreciate it. And
1: news reporter. So Brandon is really going to take us on a journey into his life today. Um, and he's just—he's a, a lot more than just a reporter. He is an ex-football player. He's won numerous awards in journalism. So Brandon, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate you taking the time out to share your story with us.
0: Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, it's, it's an honor to be here.
1: Thank you. So, Brandon, you're going to do a much better job in telling our audience about yourself and about your journey and just how it all kind of started for you.
0: Awesome. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I'm from Hamilton, um, was born in Scarborough, but uh, raised in Hamilton. Um, so, you know, if you live in Hamilton, you know that uh, the biggest thing here is the, the Hamilton Tiger Cats. So I uh, always love football. Um, you know, I, I, come from a very athletic family, so everyone played sports from my mom, my dad, all my dad's brothers, my mom's brother. Um, I have some cousins that I really excelled in basketball. Um, so sports was always big for me. Um, I think I always had a goal of, Playing professional. I don't know um, what it was about it, but I just always wanted to. So, um, sports pretty much dominated my life all throughout um, elementary school, middle school, even high school, uh, to the point where I kind of kept to myself a lot. It was mostly just um, going to the library at lunch, to the gym, practice, go home. I I I wouldn't say I had um, the biggest social life. So, I think once I graduated high school, I didn't know what I wanted to do, Um, I, I had ideas. Uh, of, of things, uh, you know, I was thinking about maybe kinesiology. Um, yeah, I, I always had a, a passion for writing and um, and telling stories that way. So I thought maybe becoming an English teacher or going into creative writing. But I knew that the biggest thing for me is let me just get these grades, not to further my education, uh, but it was to uh, play sports. That that was my mindset while I was in school. Um, so I ended up going to York University. And uh, got the opportunity to uh, play football there. Um, you know, it was fun for me. It was unfortunate because we weren't that great. Uh, so that was some <laughs> that was some some tough years. Uh, you know, losing a lot of games. But um, you know, I wouldn't trade it in. It was like the memories uh, of getting the opportunity to be on a team and 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 play with the guys that I got to play with. It, it was awesome. But I think the thing for me was that I was so fixated on. Sports and I thought that was my identity, and you know I'm going to go to the CFL and and I'm going to you know play for a couple of years and then who knows what will happen after that. But and that was all I focused on. It was you know playing football and you know hanging out, partying with with my friends. And school was not you know it was pretty much on the back burner. Uh, you know I didn't take it serious at all. Um, so by the time I was kind of getting close to the end um, of you know, my university uh, uh, career or university playing uh, football playing days, because um, you only get five years to play. Um, you know, I was looking at my grades. They weren't great. Um, they weren't good enough to 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 graduate. And now I'm thinking, okay, well, what am I going to do? So I had a friend who knew uh, the program I was uh, I was in was English. And I had a friend who said, well, you know, you're in English, you can write, you like sports, why don't you become a sports writer? So I thought, okay, well, Seneca College is on York's campus. They have a journalism program. Maybe I'll try, um, you know, becoming a sports writer and see how that goes. So I enrolled in the program. Uh, I didn't, you know, and again, this is me, uh, you know, dumb kid, uh, you know, didn't really pay attention to things. So I just enrolled, paid the money and enrolled. My first class, I go in, um, Bill Hutchison, who's a former CTV News uh, Toronto uh, night anchor, was the, the, the teacher. And I'm looking in this classroom, you know, there's no, there's no desks, there's no chairs. It's this big room, all the walls are painted green, and there's cameras everywhere. And I'm like, what is this? And then I asked someone, I'm like, hey, you know, like, is, isn't this print journalism? And they're like, no, this is broadcast journalism. Uh, This is, you know, if you want to become, if you want to go on TV. So I'm like, oh, I enrolled in the wrong program, number one. And, but the the, the first day um, when we were there, he kind of said, we're just going to put, throw you out there. And what happened was um, we had to do this. um, You know, he, he made up a fire that happened. He was the police chief and, and we had to like, you know, do like a fake live hit. So I don't know what it was. I was, uh, you know, I, I decided to go first cause it was, everyone was kind of taking their time. And it was just, I just remember the feeling being in front of the camera was like the feeling I got while I was playing. It's just that nervousness, that excitement, that, you know, a little bit of fear. And I just remember it was just so much fun. And I said, I don't know, you know, this was a, a good mistake because this is a lot of fun. So I, I kept with it. Um, and, uh, I guess that was how my journalism career kind of started um, from a mistake. But, you know, uh, I think everything happens for a reason. And, and I am happy that, uh, um, you know, that I did end up uh, um, going to Seneca.
1: Amazing story. So let's talk about that nervousness and that rush, essentially, that you felt that was really your, you use that to really propel you forward. Whereas usually when people feel nervous, they run away from it. So how, yeah. how, how, how does, how did that work in your mind essentially to say, okay, you know what? I feel this really uncomfortable. These butterflies are in my stomach and you know what, this is a place I'm going to be. How did you make that decision based on that?
0: Well you, well, you know, I think it was more, I think it, it just kind of brings me back to my app um, you know, my, my athletic days. And, um, I, I just felt like every coach that I ever had, like the best coaches that I, I, I had always said, you know, if you don't feel those butterflies, you're in the wrong you know, profession or you're in the wrong sport. So, um, yeah, it was, it was just those same, those same butterflies. And I, it, it, you know, when you're, when you're on camera, you know, there's someone behind the camera, but, but you're supposed to look at like the lens and it's just like this black hole. And I don't, I don't know what it was. It was just, it, it was the, maybe it was like the thrill seeker in me, but, um, you know, I, I was, I was definitely afraid, um, especially because, you know, everybody's watching you in the class and I was the first one to to do it. But I think it was a little bit of that too, knowing that people are watching and, um, uh, so a little bit of a mix of that. And then it was just also fun, um, you know, getting to talk about something, that um, you know, I didn't really know. You know, I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I had no, uh, I had no background knowledge, and people that are first responders. But I had to do a lot of research before we did it. So that was also fun too. So it, it was a combination of things. But yeah, it, it was just that feeling. It just brought me back to you know when I was playing sports and just those butterflies, and it just makes things that much more exciting.
1: Amazing. So talk to us about a day in the life of what you do as a reporter. What does that look like?
0: Awesome. Yeah, for sure. So for me, it is, um, I think what I like to do every day is, um, I think social media is, is, is pretty big. So what I'll do is, um, I'll always, you know, go on Twitter, kind of scroll, see what's going on and, and, uh, you know, I'll go on Facebook and, and Facebook has become such an amazing tool. Uh, especially for me finding stories because there are so many uh, great groups, uh, especially uh, in the black community, uh, you know, in the GTA, even up here in Hamilton, there's so many great groups of, of um, you know, of black Canadians that are supporting each other. And, um, you know, they're, they're, they're telling us about, um, you know, the great things that they're doing in the community and for other people. So uh, social media is, is definitely a big thing. Um, you know, I always make sure to uh, ha- have some breakfast uh, if I can and, um, and get, and get a workout in, um, whether it's, uh, you know, going for a bike ride before I work, uh, just to kind of get, just cause I know with this job, it's a lot of, um, sometimes it could be a lot of sitting around, um, some kind, sometimes it could be a lot of, uh, waiting. So, you know, I kind of like to get like the, the energy, the bug, you know, the, the, the juices flowing a little bit. And then from there, you know, we, we speak to, uh, you know, the producers and, and, and they all give us whatever the story is of the day. Um, we normally have a morning meeting. So all the reporters and the producers, um, and the assignment, uh, managers and so the assignment managers, the person that, uh, tells us what story uh, they'd like us to do. Um, or if, when we pitch our stories, they'll tell us, yeah, okay, this is something that we can do today. Um, so we all kind of talk and, and we, um, you know, we, we bounce ideas off each other. And then from there, it's just, uh, you know, uh, at least for me, because I, my position, it's called a video journalist. So I pretty much do everything on my own. So I, uh, I'm my, I'm my own camera person. I'm my own editor. And then I'm the reporter. I'm my own producer. So, uh, so for me, I just kind of get, get the ball rolling. Uh, you know, I, I get my gear and, and, and hop in, hop in my city news vehicle and I go to go to the story. Um, I always try to make sure if I can get everything done as early as possible. So city news is a little bit different than the other stations, uh, that I've worked in in the past. And and I'll uh, talk about, um, you know, my, uh, um, my resume, but, um, with city news, most stations, they start at six city news starts at five. So I always try to give myself a little bit of time. Um, so I try to, you know, set my interviews up early and, um, you know, and be done by around three. So I, I have enough time to, you know, make sure that I'm watching it, making, making sure that I'm, uh, you know, getting, uh, you know, the essence of, of the story that I want to tell and the story that the person that I'm talking to, uh, wants out there as well. And uh, yeah, I edit it together and then uh, send it in and, and uh, it ends up on the uh, five o'clock newscast.
1: So you are literally a show on the road. And I think I saw that for myself. Yes. Literally, you are a show on the road. You come by, you, you've got your own camera, you, you edit your videos. You, I've seen in some videos, you tell the story of the video of the actual interviewee that they're doing. So that's amazing because it's like you literally, and I don't know how many Roles there are like that out there, but to me, I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, you know, one's able to do everything and compile everything, and really, you know, be everywhere in the city where it's there's a story to be told.
0: Yeah, so um, the position it's not one that many people want. Um, most people, when they get into this industry, they just want to become uh, a reporter. So. Um, you know they just go to the scene, they have the mic, they you know ask a a couple of questions they go on camera, they go home you know someone else is the one that 's shooting it, someone else is the one that 's editing it um but i you know w- don 't get me wrong would I love to be just be a reporter and and not have to you know carry around uh gear in the winter uh of course you know like it it can be a tough job, but it 's also so much fun to know that um that you're just doing it, you're doing it all all on your own, you're crafting the story all by yourself. And sometimes, you know, I feel like I've worked with some amazing people, uh, from, um, you know, camera people to editors, but there there are some times where, you know, people, people have things that are going on in their lives, and and they have their own hangups with certain things. And there's sometimes where, you know, I'm working with someone and I I say, you know, hey, you know what, I want to do this. And then, you know, there's a bit of pushback, like, I, you know, I don't think that's going to work. I don't want to do it. But When I'm by myself, the only person that I have to argue with is, is me, you know, I'm, I, you know, so I, I have all the control and, and, and I love it. It's, it's so much fun. And um, I think that it is, it's definitely a lost art. I think that um, I think that sometimes people that are video journalists, they kind of get Cause, cause you do, sometimes you do feel a bit beaten down cause you are doing a lot of work. But man, like when you, when you kind of get into that groove um, you know, you can, you can do some awesome things. And and I think, um, you know, I think personally for myself and, you know, not to be arrogant, but like, I think when I look at my stories compared to, you know, reporters that have uh, you know, a camera person and an editor, I, you know, I think, you know, if we're going pound for pound I think mine is as good or, or, or better. And I think that a lot of that has to do with um, you know, getting the opportunity to, to be able to do it all on my own and, and have that, uh, creative freedom. Um, and then, and then it's just also, I, it's just, it's just the hustle. Uh, you know, it, you can't be a VJ, uh, you can't be a video journalist and, and, and not want to hustle. Um, cause, cause you can't get complacent in this position. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I've embraced the grind, uh, so to speak. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm having fun with it
1: great stuff. I mean, I think I, I I think I understand what you mean in terms of being able to build your story and then being able to tell your story as well. Whereas when you have multiple people involved sometimes it gets lost in translation, but it could be a tough job. So, good for you to be able to be all three positions in one, which is very unique. Brandon, you are wow, like just the last part of the story you just shared where you're doing three jobs all in one. I love it. But one of the questions I have for you is how did you land this position now at City? Did you ever work at previous broadcasting stations in the past?
0: I did, but it took a while. Okay. So, uh yeah, it, it took a while. Um, I graduated in 2012, uh, from Seneca college and, um, during So during that year, I went back, uh, you know, I was still at, at York and, uh, you know, I made sure to get all my grades up. So I graduated from York as well. But during that time, you know, I was applying to every job under the sun. I'm talking about in, you know, Nunavut, PEI, wow. Montreal, Fort Smith, B.C., uh, Saskatoon, Yorkton, Kitchener, Barrie. Um, Northern Ontario, so Timmins, so I was applying to those jobs, and I felt like every single week I was getting emails saying, "Thank you, Mr. Rowe, for applying. Uh, we're <laughs> looking for someone with a little bit more experience, and it's just like, well, how am I going to get this experience <laughs> if I don't get a job so this was two years, uh two years of me applying to all these jobs and just every single time um, you know just just being denied i I, I deleted the emails. I, they're gone now, but I, I used to keep them, and I'd say there's you know upwards of of 70, 70, like over the two years like seventy jobs, and this is in television, radio, um, uh, print, um, some digital uh, jobs as well, and just you know every single time they're just saying you know, um, it, well at least for me I was just thinking I'm not good enough, um, so during that time because I, I really liked it, what I was doing, the job. And, you know, I went to Seneca. I, I got that piece of paper. I just thought like, it just didn't make sense for me to give up yet. So during that time I was, I was doing a lot of volunteering. So it, it's, it's not around now, but before uh, in Toronto, they had uh, Rogers TV and there I was uh, doing some reporting for a, a sports show that they had. So I was volunteering there. So not getting paid. I did that for about a year, year and a half and then in hamilton we have something similar it's called cable 14 and and this is a funny story so i was volunteering there and i was on cameras but i didn't want to be behind camera i wanted to be in front of the camera at least back then but i was just so nervous to say okay you know like can i have an opportunity i would just come in put in my 2 hours and then i'd go home and then one day there was a show that i was volunteering for it's a uh, mixed martial arts show and uh, you know and i love uh, mma and the host he he was notorious for um, being late or just not showing up. And then one day, uh, the, one of the producers was just fed up and just said, "Okay, we need someone on. Like, we need someone to 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 go on on uh, on TV." So then she's asking all all of us, all us volunteers that are on the cameras, can any of you guys go go on TV? Like, would you guys be willing? And I didn't say anything. I just you know I'm I'm I don't know why I froze, but I didn't say anything. And I guess she went to uh her office and she was looking at our resumes and she saw that i during when i first started at seneca i was uh i did a lot of internings and i interned at the fight network so she saw okay well brandon he interned at the fight network this guy must know mma and so she kind of volunteered me uh to uh to host the show so i got to do that for a year so i was um volunteering there from so i'd say so that was around so the I'd say 2014, 2015. Uh, you know, I was still volunteering at Cable 14. I got my first stint at CHCH News. So that's in Hamilton. And I was a news writer, but I, I didn't feel like I was getting the opportunity to be on camera. I wasn't having I wasn't having a lot of fun. I didn't feel like I was learning uh, a lot. Um, so I ended up uh not sticking around um at, at that place and, and they also just didn't have shifts uh for me either. So I think it was at that point. So this is 2015. I'm working in retail. Uh, I'm volunteering. I said, I'm done. This is it. Um, I'm going to go back to school and I'm going to, uh, you know, take, the, take a couple more courses. And I'm going to go to teacher's college because, you know, I can't just keep living at home and, and, you know, the rejection. It was really starting to weigh on me. So I applied to CTV Barry. And I remember I said, if this doesn't work out, we're done. I remember I looked at myself in the mirror. I said, Brandon, if this doesn't work out, we are done. This is, this is it. And I remember I, I went to the interview. Uh, I, it was with uh, a woman by the name of Ruth Anderson and Mike Boothman. And it was just such, it was a good conversation. I didn't feel nervous. I felt pretty good. I left, I was driving home and I, my, I had my phone on my, on my dashboard because I had it for GPS. And I saw um, uh, a, my Gmail popped up and it said, congratulations so they sent me the email early. I I guess they, she, she needed to, uh, you know, go through like a couple more levels, but, uh, I guess the HR person, you know, sent the email prematurely, but I, I got the job before I even pulled out of the, uh, uh, the driveway. And, and that was, that was, that was all I needed to, to, to get my foot in the door. Um, so I, I was in, uh, so that was my first job. So, after graduating, it took me about, you know, two and a half years to, to get one, but, you know, finally got it. So 2015, I worked for CTV Barry. Uh, it was an awesome experience. The people there were, were, were great. Um, not the most diverse newsroom. But towards the end of um, my time there, uh, that's where I met Brandon Gomez, who is a uh, you know one of I'd say one of my, one of my best friends in, in the industry. Someone that uh, you know I could definitely lean on no matter what and call at any time. So I got to work with him uh, for a little bit. in Barry, you know, we're still close. We still talk. And then from there, after two years, I ended up going to CTV uh, Kitchener. Um, so I went there and I, you know, my, my plan was, I'm going to stay here for a couple, uh, couple years. And then hopefully the goal, cause I think everyone in the, in the industry, if they're honest, they know CTV Toronto, that's where you want to be. So I thought, let me do my time in Kitchener. Then I'll go to CTV Toronto, but something, I don't know why I decided to send a couple emails to, um, uh, managers in Toronto saying like, hi, my name is Brandon Rowe and I'm here, but eventually I want to, um, you know, go to Toronto. So just want to let you know, this is where I am. And hopefully you'll hear from me in a couple of years. I didn't think anyone was going to respond because normally they don't, but City TV did. And uh, so the manager at the time was Francis D'Souza. He asked me to come in. I thought it was more of just like a introduce yourself kind of thing. But uh, next thing you know, and I was only in Kitchener for six months. um, They're like, we'd like for you to come, come aboard. So I worked at uh, City News. Um, So this was from uh, 2017 to 2018. So I worked there for a year. Um, you know, it was an, another great experience, uh, working there is my first time working in Toronto. Um, but again, there was always that itch that I wanted to work for CTV Toronto. That's the goal. Um, you know, that's the NFL when it comes to news, in my opinion. Um, and yeah, I interned there, so I, they were looking for, they were hiring. So I I thought, okay, well, let me just throw a resume out there and maybe this might be something, you know, get the interview, get the experience, and then I'll, you know, go there uh, eventually. Um, But (laughs) again, I, you know, they, they enjoyed my stuff and I ended up getting hired by uh, CTV Toronto, which was, uh, you know, uh, you know, an absolute uh, dream come true for me. Um, You know, like I remember my first, I, I think I can't remember the date, but I led, I think my first time I was live, I led the show and I just remember like I froze because hearing Ken Shaw and Michelle Dubé, you know, introduce me and say like, you know, Brandon Rowe has the story. Like I was just, it was just like, it was a shock because like, you know, I wasn't, you know, going into this industry, I wasn't really a big news buff, but once I got in, you know, you you follow it. But um, yeah, that was just, it was just such a surreal moment. Uh, So I I was there for uh, uh, about a year, you know, it was great experience. Um, Some things didn't work out when uh, we were renegotiating uh, my contract. So uh, I took some time off, uh, which I think I I think I needed uh, just mentally. I think I needed um, and during that time I was doing a, you know, some volunteering with, uh, the good shepherd here in Hamilton. I was coaching football, the Westdale warriors. Um, and then out of nowhere, uh, city news called me back. Um, uh, I didn't think they would act as I left and they, uh, so they got a new manager there now. And, uh, he asked if, uh, I'd like to come back and, you know, I, I enjoyed my time there. So I decided to come back and, uh, yeah, the, the rest is history. So I've been at uh, city news for the last seven months. And, um, I think, uh, I think I'll probably do a do do another long stint, hopefully, because I, I I have been bouncing around a little bit from uh, place to place.
1: Good for you! What a story. So I love I, to be honest. First of all, I didn't realize that CTV was like the big dog in the game. I honestly yes. had no clue. Uh, but good for you. And just that story of resilience where two and a half years of literally sending resumes, you sent like over 70 resumes, 70 emails out asking, looking for work. And, you know, the one time when you said, you know what, this is it. Like if I don't get the job and literally before you pull out of the parking lot, there there were emails saying that, you know what, your story was not in vain. Your, your efforts were not in vain. And you landed that first position. And, you know, working with someone like Brandon, for example, helping to have at least, you know, sometimes when you're in the workplace, if you're the only one, it kind of feels Mm -hmm. really lonely. But to really have someone that you could lean on, which obviously was a blessing in disguise as well, is just phenomenal. Yeah, 100%. Go ahead, go
0: ahead. Oh, yeah. No, I I don't think um, I don't think people realize and I didn't think I uh, realized how um, how it is. Uh, because, you know, I think, you know, there are some people that I think they do it on purpose, you know, where they'll make little comments, you know, little comments about, uh, you know, uh, you know, Oh, you must like basketball. Right. Uh, you know, they do it, you know, in, in a negative way. And I think there's some people that they do it because, you know, I think they're just, um, a a bit oblivious to, to, how it is for for other people so yeah i i didn't realize i didn't, like i i was happy especially just because it was just another young person coming into the newsroom the newsroom that i was in it was a little bit older people more established they had families so i thought that was cool you know someone i can go go to the bar with but uh, i didn't realize you know how how cool it was and how nice it was to you know have another person of color for sure in in the newsroom with me i, I didn't think it was going to be that impactful but it, it definitely was
1: absolutely so Brandon what would you say your biggest accomplishment has been?
0: You know what? I, I think I think what I would have said was um so behind me over my shoulder right there I I ended up winning an, um, uh, two awards uh so I won the RTDNA uh awards in journalism um so I won the uh, regional which is um you know Ontario and then I also won the national so all of Canada uh, for the story that I did, and it was uh, the the award was for creative use of video, and I thought that that was my biggest uh, accomplishment, and the biggest thing that I thought was, um, uh, yeah, something that you know I could you know quit and, and be happy. Um, and and don't get me wrong, um, it was great, and you know I think I've been putting out some good stuff, and I think I'm going to have some more soon. But I, you know what, I was doing a story the other day. Um, with a young man named Elijah, uh, he, he he's a, a black teen that's going to UFT uh, for, and he's hoping to get into medicine. And I remember, you know, he had this big smile on his face while we were doing the interview. And uh, I remember I said, you know, at the end of the interview, I said, Elijah, thank you so much. That you know, it was a great interview, and you know, um, I was happy to speak with you. Your smile was infectious. Uh, you know, enjoy the enjoy your weekend. And then he says, you know. Well, I, I'm smiling because I was shocked that, it, you know, there's a person of color that's on TV. Uh, this is so cool. So I think that, I think that for me, like, I, I think sometimes like, I don't know what it is. I, maybe I don't uh, let it sink in, but it, it is a big deal. And, you know, when I, when I, now when I'm going out to stories, it's, it's a little bit different now because of COVID, because, you know, you can't really interact with people, but I am seeing it you know, there, there's a different look in, in kids' eyes when it's like a young black kid compared to a young white kid, you know, seeing me with the mic, seeing me in front of the camera. Um, you know, you know, even yesterday, for example, like it was me and Brandon Gones, um, out. So, uh, out, out in the, uh, in the field. So, you know, they're seeing us that, that it can happen. So I think, right. I think for me right now that that's, that's the biggest compliment, just being able to be a part of like, a small collective, because I I think that it's definitely an unfortunate thing. And I I think um, managers and hiring managers really need to kind of give their head a shake because there's a lot of people of color that are getting overlooked and not giving these opportunities. But I'm a part, I'm a very happy to be a part of a small collective of, uh, of, of black journalists that, that are, that are doing big things. And uh, I I think right now, as far as accomplishments go, I think that's one thing that's, that's weighing heavy for me right now.
1: I think that is so, that on because when kids are looking at media today, they are looking for representation and it's a struggle that we see all around in a lot of high executive level positions where there's the representation is not there. So yes, to watch the news and see someone like yourself telling the news, it sends the message that it's possible that I could be there. And that I really, really enjoy with a lot of some of the journals that I I personally follow and I know is that the relatability is there. There's not sometimes when people are put in positions, what happens is that there's this gap. You know, it's like I'm here and you're here. And I find that, especially with the younger generation of black journalists, it's like, no, I can talk to you like you're just like me. There's not this like, you know, I'm, I'm up, you're up here and I'm down here. And I think that's so precious, especially when our young people are looking at you on TV every day and they can see themselves. So the representation piece is so key and is so critical. And you all are doing a fabulous job in representing us oh, out there. I appreciate that. You know, I think I think it starts
0: with, and and I'm hoping one day I'll, I'll be able to kind of sit down with him because we tried to set it up before and it didn't end up working out. But I think it starts with people like Dwight Drummond, you know, I, I find in this industry and, and it's, uh, you know, it's no fault of, of, um, you know, uh, some of my, uh, you know, white colleagues, but I feel like there's been like a standard that has been set and everyone kind of follows that same standard. You know, they all kind of talk the same, they all kind of do their stories the same. And then you got a guy like, you know, Dwight Drummond that he doesn't change his voice at all. You know, the... He sounds like I find like when I listen to him um, when he when I'm watching the CBC I find like the way he's talking is the same way he's going to talk you know for out watching the Raptors game just just very like down to earth very personable and I so I I've, I find like he he kind of set he kind of set the standard and then I think that you know people are seeing that and 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 people are are trying to be a little bit more um yeah not even a little bit just trying to be you know their authentic self and and yeah I you know I love to see it I, you know I love to see you know people like Kayla Gray. And, and, and Kayla Williams, you know, you know, anchoring, whether it's sports or whether it's news and putting their own flavor to it. Um, you know, same thing with Brandon Gomez, like, you know, you can't, you, know, you can't put that man in a box, you know what I mean? And, but you know, it's, it's his own flavor. And I think that's what the audience wants to see. Um, so yeah, if, if uh, you know, to be like a, a small part of that, it, it, it's awesome. Amazing.
1: So Brandon, we're going to take a little bit of a shift. What has been an opportunity area where you felt at a moment where I just don't want to do journalism anymore. Like you just wanted to just run away from it and never look back because it wasn't, you felt at that moment, it wasn't for you.
0: To be honest, it's been, it's been a couple times. Uh, it's been a couple times where I've thought this is not for me. I need to do something else. Um, I say the first time was in uh, 2016 during my time in Barry. And I just felt that you know, we are kind, I, I just felt that the job, it just wasn't fun. I, I you know, we we're kind of doing the same thing. I felt like when it came to storytelling, now they didn't want us to be, but I just came in with that thinking that we have to be in this box. Cause that's what I saw. Um, you know, uh, everyone does the story the same. We kind of talk the same. And then I was, I don't know what happened. I don't know how to this day, I don't remember how, but I ended up getting involved with this, uh, Facebook group that is, it's called, it's called storytellers and it's all American, um, reporters and videographers and anchors. And the way they tell stories in the States is hand, you know, above what we do here, because they're all about, um, thinking outside of the box and taking it to the next level and, you know, using different tools to tell stories. And so from there, you know, I was, I was on that page every day. I was you know, sending my stories and trying to get feedback. I was picking people's brains. So I, I'd say for the next couple of years, and I think that's what, what's also helped me move up so fast is because when I whenever I do my stories, I always try to think outside the box. I always approach a story. I would think, okay, how would this person do it? Now I need to do it, you know, like, I don't want to say better, but I have to do it I'm way more unique because if this person is doing it, that means I'm sure two more people are going to do it the exact same way. So how can I do it a little bit more unique than, you know, so-and-so? Um, so that, that kept me for a couple of years. It kept me for a couple of years um, being able to, 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 to tell, you know, fun stories and be, unique you know, and be, creative. Then I, when I got to Toronto and we were just doing, I, I just felt like we were just getting hammered with stories about, you know, all the gun violence that was happening and, 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 um, you know we're going to car crashes and and all this stuff and the thing that i didn't like about it and and it was i found that you know we they'd want us to go and speak to you know so and so's mom after her son just got shot you know try to find a family member try to find a friend and it just it i i didn't like it cuz i thought okay well i'm going to talk to this person and you know i feel like i'm exploiting them i'm literally never going to talk to this person again it's what well, we're not going to follow up no one does really Unless it, unless it's a really big event and there's an anniversary, but no one follows up. And I think we were just it was just like a, a consistent thing where it was just like like clockwork. We every day it was we were going to like a different shooting or fire, and it's just like just you know tragedy after tragedy, and having to you know speak you know and and they would get upset if you don't you know why didn't you get that person because global got them like why didn't you get the mom uh, city got them like CBC got them you have to get them so and now you feel a little bit of pressure and it was just kind of beating me down and I thought like this this how is this this is not you know like this i don't know how like what we're accomplishing what are we providing the audience like i was you know the storytellers that i like are are american storytellers like you know Boyd hubert or steve hartman that you know find stories with people and they're telling people's stories and i understand you know Sometimes you do have to uh you know tell these stories and and if you can find the people that want to talk to us, not us trying to convince them to talk to us um and and if that if that might lead to an arrest or it might lead to some awareness, I understand that and I respect that, but I just found that yeah I just found like it was just a little bit exploitive and i and i didn't like it, and I just felt like I was just getting beaten down and yeah i I'd say for the last couple of years I, i've been thinking about you know doing doing something else um but but again it's just you know, when you have friends like, you know, Brandon Gomez and you know and uh you know, people that I work with now at City, uh, you know, Janela Massa and and Fiza Min, you know, they're always, you know, pump, pumping you up and, and and letting us know how important it is for us to to be on TV and to and to have and to occupy the space and and use our platform and our voice. So it it slowly kind of turns me around, but um there are like it it recently it has
1: been tough. I guess you take the bitter with the sweet. Yes, because I mean, that must be tough. And I mean, I've interviewed other uh, journalists before in the past. And I know sometimes people say to me, you know, showing up to a scene where a child was just killed. They just they really couldn't handle it. And it is a tough. It is tough. Like, I mean, imagine having to talk to the parents of a child. It's just how do you even remove that from your memory? But the story has to be told, so I get that part as well. But I would say don't give up because we need to see you. We need to keep seeing you, and the representation has to be there for us to continue to grow as a community as well. On that note, we are going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Looking to consolidate your debt? in the market to purchase your first home, interested in acquiring an investment property, look no further. More Freedom is here to serve you. We aim to furnish our clients with the power and the confidence over their finances and a sense of accomplishment of taking the first step to get there. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at I Want More Freedom. And you can always connect with us via our website at morefreedom.ca. Hello, and welcome back to the Make Your Mark talk show. We are having some great conversation today with Mr. Brandon Rowe from City TV News, reporter and storyteller. And Brandon, can I just say you're doing such a great job telling us your story? Today. I
0: appreciate it. Thank you.
1: So, Thank you so much. So we're going to take a little bit of a turn now with our conversation. And how do you know when when something was not serving you and when you had to just put a stop to it?
0: Mm-hmm. You know, I think, I think uh, for me, um, it, it was a, a couple of things that really uh, stick out for me. Um, I think one thing would be, uh, the parting. I I think, um, you know, I come from a pretty, like, I wouldn't say, uh, super strict home, but, um, you know, it was one of those, you know, Jamaican homes where it's like, you know, you want to go for the, for, for the, uh. Play with your friends on the weekend. You got to clean the house, kind of thing. Um, which, I, you know, talking to a lot of my friends that 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 have uh, Jamaican parents, that's that's how it was. So, but I think when I was um, leaving high school, because you know, and and this, I felt like they got a little bit easier as like when my brother got into grade 12. And then when my sister got into grade 12, they're a little bit more lenient, but for me, it was like super strict. But I understand too, cause I was the first born and you know, they wanted me to go to university, set the example, which is cool too. Um, but I think I, I, uh, most people that play sports in high school, they take a, a victory lap. I didn't, cause I was just ready to get out of the house and, and, you know, go do my thing and go party. And I know for years, I thought that was like the end all be all. And I needed to do it and continue to do it. And, um, I think that, uh, it's 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 it came to the i don't know when but it just came to a point where it's just like this is not this is not where i what I need to be doing there's you know just health wise mentally um you know it, it it it's time to kind of buckle down and 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 it's, and it's and not saying not saying that um you know doing it isn't mature but i felt like it, i came to a point where it's like okay it's time to it's kind of time to be mature and like, you know, act your age and and, and keep going. So I think, I think that, that, that's something for me. I, I think one thing I, I know for myself, and I think, I think it applies to a lot of people is we all have a, a conscience that, that little, still small voice in, in our heads that kind of lets us know um, what's the right thing to do. What's the wrong thing to do in, in life, whatever it is. And I know for me, for the longest time, there's times where, that small voice said, Yeah, you know, maybe take take this one off or, 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 you know, maybe, maybe try the next day. But, um, uh, you know, I, I I'm not gonna, I don't, uh, look at it as, you know, a, a huge negative because I wouldn't be where I am today if, if the things that happened in my life didn't happen. But I think that, you know, if I could ever give advice to anyone, it's just, you know, you have that still small voice. You, everyone has a conscience. You know what, what, what. Is the right thing to do? What's the wrong thing to do? And uh, sometimes it's good to listen. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) That's, you know, it's something as you, you get older, you start to see the value of your time too. And how much, especially something like partying, everybody wants to party, especially in the early teens. I'd say early, late teens, you think that that's it. You know, you think going out, hanging out with your friends, that that's it. And then as you grow older, I find you start to value time a little bit more and you just grow and you mature. So, I mean, good for you for noticing that, you know what, I needed to step out of this zone and do more for yourself. What is your definition of success? Well,
0: uh, you know what? I think, I think success varies. And I think that's something that it could it it's something that could really stress you out and i think I feel like success has to come from within that feeling of success has to come from within because if you worry about what um whatever people think success is or what you know uh you know your peers or your colleagues then you know you're gonna be you're gonna be in this. I feel like you're going to be running on a hamster wheel and you're, you're never going to get there. I think, I think it's, it, it success is is something from within. So I, what, what I've for success for me is setting little goals and, 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 and working to accomplish it. Um, I think success for me is, is just making sure that you're happy with with what you're doing because, um, you know, I feel if you're not happy, you can have millions of dollars. Like, are you really successful? I like, I don't think so. You you know, I, so I think happiness has, uh, has a lot to do with it. Um, at least for me and, um, you know, and and just, uh, yeah, I think, I think it's, it's more of an, I think it's an internal thing like that. It's, it's something that you, you, you have to feel from, from within. Cause yeah, it's, it's, it's when you start worrying about the outside, I think that's where where the issue comes in. So I know for myself, um, you know, I could be still in Barrie and I it, it, as long as I'm happy, I'm I feel like I'm 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 successful and I'm and I'm I'm doing the right thing. So even though in and when you can look at Barry can, compared to the other markets, that's like smaller markets. So some people would say like, no, you're not successful because you're not in Toronto. But I feel like if I'm happy if I'm doing my thing, if I'm doing the right things and, and I'm, you know, doing good work, the, the, you know, what wherever you are, um, you know, I think like that's how you should measure your success. But I also think it's it's always important to to strive to whatever you're doing, always try to, to, to go to that next level. And I think, um, you know, that's, that's what pushes me and, um, uh, you know, that's what makes, you know, jobs fun and, and things fun. And, and I feel like whatever your bar of success is, it should always be going up. You should always be striving to, you know, make it a little bit higher, but always, you know, push to, to get there.
1: I know that's definitely a loaded question, what success is, because it really comes down to your personal values and, you know, how you see the world. So have you had any mentors along the way that role models that you've looked up to that's helped to shape who you are today?
0: For sure. Um, You know what? I think, um, you know, personally... uh, I have an uncle, he's a, he's a teacher in Toronto. Um, you know, that's always someone that, 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 that I've looked up to, you know, they just, just, uh, you talk about like what a man is like that. That's like, he's, he's the definition of that. Just, you know, always doing the right thing. Um, whether it's, you know, school professionally, um, at home. So that's something that someone that I look up to obviously. Um, uh, so at my house, it's, it, uh, you know, when I grew up, it was my mom and my grandparents. So, know, just watching them, especially, you know, you know, the, the, the immigrant story. So coming from Jamaica and, 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 and establishing themselves and, you know, being, you know, coming from the sticks and now, you know, they, and, but, uh, working their way up and, you know, they have, you know, a nice house and, and, and they've done all the right things. And, and just, my mom is just like, she, she's a, she's a grinder and, you know, um, you know, beat breast cancer. like, that's, you know, someone that, uh, I, you know I always look up to, but when i when it comes- to prof- comes to professionally um it's tough because you know there's not a lot of uh black reporters um which which is unfortunate, and I hope if it you know maybe it could be me you know you know I know you know Brandon gomez hopefully he will be one uh soon, so there wasn't really a lot of black reporters in, in Ontario out um that I was able to kind of reach out to, but there was uh, uh, one reporter. His name is Colin DeMello. He works for CTV News Toronto. Uh, he's the Queens Park uh, bureau chief. And when I did my first internship with uh, CTV Toronto, um, I remember I was sitting at the table because internships are, are, are crazy. It's one of those things where, like, if you don't kind of put yourself out there, you'll just, you'll just, you'll just be sitting at a desk for two weeks, two to three weeks. But I, he saw me and he said, "Hey, like, why are you sitting here?" Come out with me every day. Don't even come into the station. Just call me. I'll tell you where I am. You meet me. So yeah. So I did, and uh, I went out with him for the rest of my internships. It was great. You know, he helped me shoot a demo reel. Um, And my first job, um, you know, I saw my resume. I wrote, you know, I interned at CTV and I, you know, shadowed uh, a couple reporters. His name was on there. They actually called him, and he gave me a really good review. And from there. You know, I, I would ask him, hey, can I send you, uh, you know, send you, you know, a script? You know, can you read it? Can I, can I send you a story? Can you watch it? Give me some feedback? And he would do it. And I, I don't think I really, and I, I think that's the same thing with, you know, when you become a parent and you think back of, of you know, all the things that your parents did, you, never, you don't really appreciate it until you get there. And I now I just really appreciate like the, the type of help that he gave me because like, you know, he's married, he has kids, um, you know, at the time. And, you know, he's also juggling this job that, you know, is, it can be a lot sometimes, but he would take the time, you know, out of, you know, out of his day to, um, you know, check my stuff. And, and, and this isn't like, like one thing, like I was sending him a lot of stuff and this is at the beginning of my career. So that stuff was bad and he went through it. Um, but, uh, so, uh, you know, I, I don't, I, I, in a, you know, thinking of it now, like I, I definitely should, um, stay in touch with him more, but that's someone like, a, like no matter what, like that guy, like in my house, people know who he is. Like he's, he, like, I, like I, w- I won't say he's, he's the Messiah here, but like, you know, he's, he's, he's on a, a high pedestal, you know, they'll, they'll bust out the, uh, uh, you know, the, the good wine if if he ever came here, because, you know, I always, I always talk him up because he was so helpful. He was so helpful uh, um, to me as well. And just, and quickly um, when I was in Barry, I, I, you know, I wouldn't say it was a more a mentorship but i think there was um there's a man there he's he's a weather uh weather specialist now at ctv barry uh, named casey colby and that was a guy that also just in the industry that i was able to look up to and he was just you know super nice super friendly but think about him that 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 w- was great not only did he help me um you know get better and 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 show me different things to to improve my stories but he saw that you know I was, I, you know, even though Barry's not far from Hamilton, but I wasn't able to go home because we worked Christmas Eve, we worked Thanksgiving, and then we worked the next day, so you can't go home, um, you know, for those dinners. And and that guy, he would invite me to his home with his family uh, for pretty much every major holiday. Um, so the, yeah, that's that's definitely another guy that I, I looked up to, and I and if if I were ever to that point, I don't know if we'll get there because COVID and everything. But if we ever do get to that point again, where um, you know, I'm in a, in a place where there's reporters that are, you know, younger than me that are in, uh, you know, far away from home, like, you know, the stuff that he did, I would try to emulate myself. Um, just, just, uh, because I don't think he'll ever understand like how much easier that time was for me. Cause, um, you know, I am a mama's boy and it was hard. I, even though I wasn't far, it felt far. Um, and, but it, it, like, I, I didn't feel like I wasn't, I didn't feel super far from home because he was there, which is great.
1: So I've got two questions for you. So one, what is the ultimate goal when you go into journalism, broadcasting, working for a station? Is it to become an anchor? Because I'm not too certain. Like I'm looking at the, the full scope of it. And for the audience watching, like what is the goal? As, as an entry level, you go in as a reporter, but what is the end goal that you'd be looking to accomplish? Oh, I, I think anchor is... I
0: think anchor is the goal. Um, I think everybody wants to be an anchor. Um, uh, I can't speak to every journalism school, but I know at Seneca that was always the, the position that was was talked about in the most, uh, you know, in the highest of, of regard. So I think anchor is 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 the big goal. I think things are a little bit different now, which kind of, which is kind of unfortunate. I, I you know I think now it's more about how many followers you have. I think, or at least this is what I'm seeing from the outside. I think it's about, you know, you're following, um, uh, you know, Instagram, Twitter. I think that's like a, a, a big thing. Um, for me now, it's just as long as I'm in the industry, like it's just about awards. I, I don't know. I like being up there when I w- when I won and I was able to stand up there and hold it in front of everybody. Um, and I was the only black black, black male. I think there was a, uh, I think there was a black woman that won from CBC. I think she might have worked in Windsor, but I was the only black male that won um uh I, it was just it was just a great feeling, so yeah i think like that that, that I think that's what i'm chasing i I, I just want more awards, but and, like anchor that was the that was the goal, but I think the other thing too is so many stations are 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 getting rid of anchors, everyone's getting the opportunity to to do it, so it's like it's diminishing it a little bit so it's i don't think it, it it's I don't think it has the same luster that it had a couple of years ago. Um, but, but, but I, that's also the issue because, uh, you know, the industry is changing rapidly. So that could be it as well.
1: On the point of change, how has COVID-19, this pandemic changed your role and impacted you?
0: Man, you know what? I don't even want to say it because I feel like th- then they're going to make me do more work. Like, like as far as like the, the pet virus goes, COVID-19 sucks. But as far as COVID-19 work wise, it's been like it, it's made my life so much easier because no one wants to do interviews in person. It's all on zoom. So literally I can just wear a nice shirt, be in my pajamas. I could, there's some days I just do it in bed and I just make sure I set it up to make it look like I'm in an office. And <laughs> I, I, I do my interview in bed. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, cu- you know, I'm cutting my story in bed. I voice, you know, I do everything in my room. Um, you know, I'm, I'm able to go for bike rides in between shifts and, you know, walks. Like I I just, I, I just felt like I've had so much more time. So COVID-19 hasn't really affected me, um, as far as my role. Um, because yeah, like I said, it, it it's been so fluid and, and so many people are, are, you know, which is, you know, it, it's, it's totally okay because we don't know. Um, well, we know that this, this is serious. Um, so yeah no no one really wants to do anything in person, so uh, for me covid nineteen it hasn't really affected me at all um as as far as the job goes and um uh you know, but I know it's not that's not the case for everyone, and you know i'm thankful to 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 have a job because we're considered a, an essential service um so but yeah as far as the job goes it it has been uh and if you know me you you know that this is like this has been when I can have my computer on my lab editing and then have the office on the, or the Fresh Prints on the background on my TV. Like it's, it's a good day. And that's, that's how it's, that's how it's been. Now, now we're in phase three. So people are okay with, you know, doing distance interviews and stuff. So, uh, you know, now I have to shave and, and, you know, wear clothes again. But, um, uh, prior it was, it was, it was pretty smooth sailing.
1: You know, I believe that covid nineteen's like, it's a blessing and a curse, obviously horrific disease, uh, disease or infection i should say but at the same time i believe it's made us more efficient uh-huh. because the amount of time i have personally saved in travel from going from place to place i can double the amount of clients i see in one day because all the time i would spend in travel would take away from that and i'm not moving i'm saving on gas i'm saving mileage on my car i'm not spending money on growth on food outside I'm buying and making all my meals. So it's I think it's made us more efficient. I also believe it's also made us more conscious as well. Uh, 100%. I think the only
0: thing now is the fear is at least in journalism is now if we do get through it, what happens after. So I think people are enjoying it now but uh, you know there is a little bit of fear that people are, you know, especially managers because I think that that's the thing with like even with my job for example like when you really think about it there shouldn't be video journalists someone that's doing three jobs it, number one it's not safe so you know i I'm, I'm when i'm doing the stories i'm i'm shooting i don't know who who's behind me but if it's me and a and a, a photographer at least i can let them know like hey watch out there's a guy coming like i'm by myself it's not safe but they do this to save money uh, that's why they do it that's why they're hiring one person to do three jobs it, you know they just save Know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. So I, I guess now the fear is in, in this industry. And I think a lot of industries is what's going to happen mm-hmm. once, you know, if we do make it past COVID, because now these managers are seeing, Hey, well, we don't need this, this, and this, um, you know, we, you know, because we could do, do it all home or we could do it this, you know, we don't need so many people here. We only maybe need two. Um, so I, I'm curious to see, I'm curious to see what happens. And, and the other thing too, which is kind of on their side is COVID and they could say like, listen, we lost so much money, so we can't keep you. Um, so it, 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 for, I feel like there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, penny pushers that are smiling right now because they know that they're going to be able to have a nice uh, commission check, but at the end, cause uh, if, they, if, when they save some money, but I think, um, yeah, like you said, things things have have been changing, and I, I feel like a lot of people have gotten uh, you know a lot more efficient. Uh, but yeah, I
1: think that's that's the only thing. I'm just curious to see what happens. What happens after? Well, hopefully, it all works out. I think like, I think people in executive positions probably are more at risk because a lot of times they're the ones that they hold positions that aren't necess- aren't necessary at times. So, but I feel the people in the field, and I think COVID-19 also showed us that, that the frontline workers are the essential workers. Oh. They're the ones that actually make the magic happen and make the executives look great. So uh, that's and that just goes to show that, you know, st- people that do stuff, even for young people starting out in, in the workplace, not to think that that's a job that's beneath them or a job that's not recognized because those are the people that actually really do make the difference. Exactly, yeah, very true. On that note, we are going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Tired of being tired? Seeking to build your self-confidence? Are you feeling uncomfortable in your skin? It's time to move with Kim. Studies have shown that in this era, of exponential growth of the metabolic syndrome and obesity, lifestyle modifications have been proven to be one of the most effective ways to improve your health and quality of life. Let's chat about your goals and how we will get you there. Send your inquiries to hello at kimniles.com and let's start conditioning your mental and physical health Today. Hello and welcome back to the Make Your Mark talk show. And we have have been having some awesome conversation today with Mr. Brandon Rowe from City TV News, reporter slash storyteller. So, Brandon, How do you take care of yourself with after you go through such a busy day dealing with different personalities, you sometimes don't even know where you're going to show up. Like, you know, your day gets thrown off. You have to report on an incident that happened. How do you make sure you take time for yourself and really mind your mind?
0: Sure. Uh, I I can tell you what I wasn't doing. Um, uh, (laughs) You know, when I first started, and I I think that this really added to, to the stress was, you know, I was eating a lot of fast food. Uh, you know, I wasn't, I was very isolated. Um, you know, I wasn't really talking to people. I wasn't exercising at all. Um, and the, I could just tell just how, um, yeah, just, it was just distressful. Just, just wasn't fun. And, uh, just within myself just wasn't happy. Um, but I know now what I'm, what I try to do as often as possible, you know, try to eat, eat, eat as well as I can. Um, you know, I'm, exercising a lot more and, and just doing things that are, are fun for me. Cause I was never a gym guy. Uh, even when I was in university, uh, I think the only reason why I did go to, to the gym was just because everyone else was there. Like the team and It was just more of just like a camaraderie thing and you, know, you get to joke around and, and hang out with your teammates and okay, I'll lift weights because I'm here. Um, so, you know, I tried good life. It's not for me, but, um, you know, thankfully there are some great, uh, uh, kickboxing and, uh, boxing gyms that I, that I've been going to, uh, you know, as, as I mentioned before, a uh, big fan of MMA. So, um, you know, I've been doing a little bit, of that a little bit of jujitsu as well. Um, so that always helps, especially, you know, and, uh, since COVID it's closed, but I did buy a, a punching bag. So that helps sometimes get, get the stress out. Uh, and then I didn't even think, and I'm so happy that I did. I uh, just randomly went to Canadian tire. I saw a bike was on sale and I bought it. It wasn't, uh, wasn't really an avid, Cyclist before. The last bike that I had um, was my uncle's that I know he's still mad at me about, but it got stolen because I left it out in the front of my house uh, for like a couple days because I was just too lazy to put it inside um, and it got taken. But so I hadn't had a bike since, and that was years ago. Um, So now I've been cycling and it's just so great. Just, um, you know, I'm going to places in the city, like I've lived in Hamilton all my life, and I'm getting to see places that, you know, I've never seen before. You know, now I found myself. Going on Google, you know what's the best bike trails, and I'm planning to go on you know trips in Ontario, and, and I'm and then I have to kind of look in the mirror and say like who is this? Like I, I didn't think I'd be doing that, but that all that helps. Like just being able just to be out, you know. I don't listen to music. I just kind of just let the let the ambiance kind of you know dictate dictate my mood and 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 go from there. So that's always helpful. And I think one thing that I didn't do and, and definitely recommend to everybody is just you know make make sure you know it. Try to find someone that you could talk to and and just bounce your day off of, uh, whether it's family, friends, uh, you know, that's something I didn't do in the past. I kind of kept everything on the inside, uh, but I'm definitely doing that more so now. I think, you know, and and people and, uh, you know, to the shock and dismay of many people, because I was so, uh, um, I was a little bit of a hermit before and and it just wasn't healthy. Um, so I think those are some of the things that I try to do to make sure that, you know, my mental health is, um, you know, is taken care of. And and I also take vacation. So I think that's like a big thing that, and I think some managers, they need to do a little bit of a better job, not a little bit, they need to do a better job. So I think sometimes they guilt people. Um, I know that that's something that happened, you know, the first job that I have, they try to, you know, guilt you into, Oh, you're taking a vacation now, you know, like we have this coming up and this coming up, like, forget them, you know, you, you pay for it. You know, you earned it. Take your vacation. So I, I try to, you know, take a week off or take a couple of days off if, if I can. So uh, those, those are, you know, just to unwind. And um, you know, I have a work phone. That phone I put like in my drawer, so I don't even look at it until I come back. I just completely like unplug. I don't watch the news. Um, yeah, I just just do fun things that I like to do. So those are some of the things I do to uh, kind of make sure my mental health
1: is in check. And do you have like a routine for yourself daily? that you follow? I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that I have a routine.
0: I, like I, 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 I should. Um, but I think what I try to do is it, uh, the only thing that that's pretty consistent is I try to, I try to bike, whether it's at the um, right in the morning or at night. Um, so I try to do that uh, every day. Um, so that that's like con- consistent. But other than that, I think you know, it, it, it varies and, I, and, and, and that's a tough uh, that is the tough part with the job some days because, um, you know, some days I'm just at home all day. So I can go to the gym. Um, you know, I can go for a bike ride. I can, you know, I can do certain things, but there's other days where I'm, I'm, you know, I might be in Oshawa, which, you know, is a couple hours away from Hamilton. So I don't have the luxury of, of doing all those things. Um, you know, of, of, you know, going for a bike ride or going to the gym or, or, you know, having a, a, a cooked meal from home. So, uh, it, it, it varies. Like it, my my day varies, so uh, it, it's hard to get into a routine. But I just try to make sure I make time for the little things that I know is going to keep me from being in a place where I find, you know, I'm, I'm stressed and you know I'm in like a uh, like a negative space. Uh, so I just make sure I try to do that. I try to find time at some point to to do those things.
1: stuff. So Brandon, how does social media show up in your life? Man, you know I am
0: not a big I so I was a big social media person. I think, you know, I post and I'd, you know, just be watching the likes go up and uh, you know, worrying about how many followers I had. You know, I would tweet something and if it didn't get the reception that I want, I'd delete it and then I'd retweet it another time where I thought people would be on. Um uh, and it was just like I don't know, it's like a, just a gross, gross feeling. So I'm not I, I, so I'm not a huge, huge fan. I, I think I keep, I keep Twitter now because, uh, um, you know, people will co- comment on stories and they might have a story idea and, uh, you know, sometimes, yeah, I get a lot of ideas through Twitter. People will message me after, you know, they see a story that I did. They said, Oh, that was a good story. You think you'd do something like this? So Twitter has been helpful in that way. Um, so I deleted my Instagram, like completely like my old one, which is where I was posting like personal stuff. But I created a new one that's more of just work-wise, just only work. I only like nothing personal. I only post my uh, stories, and it's also been helpful as well because uh, you know I'll post my story, and then someone will send me a DM and said, you know, I really enjoyed that story. um, But would you ever consider covering something like this? Uh, And you know, sometimes I've gotten some really great, uh, you know, great stories out of it. Um, So, but uh, yeah, as far as social media, it's 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 not a big it's not as big part of my day. Like it was before. Like, like I'm talking, like I wake up and I just be scrolling like a zombie for like hours. Now, I, now it's just a little bit better where like I just don't barely even use it. Don't, I don't really touch it. You know, I just post my story and then sometimes I forget that I even have it. So I, I try to, I try to stay away from it because I, I just find that there is this false sense of, there's this, you know, false sense of like, I don't know, I don't know the word, but the, the, it, it I, I find that people will go on there and they're seeing all these people doing these things and posting these pictures and you don't really know what the story is behind it. And then, you know, now you're thinking like, okay, well, I don't have that and I don't do that. So like, you know, is my life not as good? I don't know. I I, I just find that, yes, it's just, it's just fake, but don't get me wrong. I think sometimes social media can be great. You know, I have cousins and from Jamaica that you know messaged me on Facebook that you know I didn't know, and the, you know they tell me stories about you know my parents and you know my you know my great 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 uh grandfather and grand uncles and aunts so that's always cool, but I just think it's just I just think that right now we're just in this age where where you know influencers are like the new celebrities and i don't I, I don't get it. it 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 doesn't really make sense to me um but you know you got you gotta do what you gotta to do to 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 uh you know make money and and make a name for yourself but i it's just i guess it's just not um something that's on my radar um like i you know like i i like i never want to see myself on six buzz or or anything like that like I, I i don't really need that i don't really want i don't want that kind of kind of notoriety so um but like you know if you're on there and 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 you know you're 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 popular through it like power to you but and it just at least for me, like that's just not for me. Like I'm, I, I just find like I guess like o- over the years, don't like don't get me wrong. Like there was a time where that was all on my mind. I think over the years now, um, I'm more kind of under the radar, and you know, I'd rather journalists that I respect tell me that I'm great as opposed to just you know millions of randoms or fa- hundreds of thousands of randoms. Like one, you know, one established person, I think that that means way more to me than. You no, know, thousands of followers.
1: It definitely social media is definitely a defining tool, a defining tool is what I like to call it. And you have to be able to decipher between nonsense and sense. Yes. Because and that's a nice way I'll put it, for lack of a better words, just because there's so much content being put out and so much coming at you that all it does is it makes you question yourself. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much where most people land. Uh, and especially young people, especially if you're in that those forming years of your life, where you're really trying to decide who you are, and then you're looking at someone that potentially could even be younger than you, that potentially looks like you, and you're like, why do they have this and I don't have this? So I think it just poses a lot of doubt in your mind, but the doubt is not real. Because sometimes if you look at the people that you're following, that you're glorifying, because that's what happens on social media, you know, they could be operating out of a corner in their house and making everything look so pretty. And you're not realizing this person potentially lives in a room somewhere and they don't have this big mansion that you think that they have and all these different things that you're wishing that you want, but they're just making things appear a certain way. And I think that's so important for young people to know is to see, don't believe everything that you see. 100%. Message uh, from yeah. social media. But on, on, on the flip side, I've met some awesome people from social media. I've been able to connect with people, uh, you know, build really good relationships with people by being able to stay in contact with them. And one of the things I found for me that was really helpful, navigating social media is deleting the accounts that didn't make me feel good. Mm-hmm. So if I don't follow anybody that I don't want to see anybody that makes me question me. That person's not good for me. So I either mute them or literally unfollow them. And that is the power that you do have with social media, which I feel that we need to exercise more. Like we don't have to take in everything. We take in what we need. hundred percent. Yeah. And 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 just kind of back to what you were saying
0: about, about kids. Yeah. it It, it is tough because like you, you, you see it, right. Like, um, and I hate, like, I don't even want to bring her up, but like you take someone like, um, uh, you know, the the girl that tossed the chair of what they call her chair girl, you know, like you see like the ignorance of what she did and you know, the, the notoriety that she has and like her followers are only going up. And I think what is tough for kids now is I think they're only thinking of the, um, the, you know the present, which I think is important. You know, you got to focus on today, and you know, you know, because the past is 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 gone, and tomorrow hasn't come yet. But I think they, if they realize, like, you know, a couple of years, because I know, like, uh, you know, I, I'm 31, turning 32. Looks fade. She's not gonna look like that forever. <laughs> I, I don't care. I don't care how much money you have. You're not gonna look like that for forever. And what's popular now, mm-hmm. because like what she did. If she would have did that when I was in high school, I, like, I, we, we would be calling her what most what she is, an idiot. And she would kind of go to the wayside. So what's popular now is not going to be popular in, in the future. So that's why I think it's just so important. And that's why whenever people try to talk to me, like the first thing that I, I talk about is, is um, you know, I have, I have a degree from university. I have a diploma from college. Like I went to school. Um, you know, it, it, th- th- those are the little things that, that, that are important. Um, because I don't know. Yeah, because like you you look at who's popular, all the influencers, you know, so called influencers now. But you remember there were influencers before them that no one even talks about. Like it fades. Like like people's moods, people's you know likes and interests, It it fades. So I think that's if that's that's like not. I I I think there's so many other great uh, avenues to to go down to, uh, to, you know, um, establish yourself and, and, and make a name for yourself than, than doing it that way. But like, again, like I said, I understand why kids are doing it because it's out there and you see in the moment you see that it's going to get me this and, you know, I'm going to get this amount of followers, but also remember too, you can have a lot of followers. It doesn't, doesn't always equate to, uh, equate to money. So I think that's, that's a, that's Absolutely. a big thing. So, yeah. So, so when you're ready to make a fool of yourself, understand that, you know, a hundred thousand followers isn't, doesn't equate to a hundred thousand dollars all the time.
1: Absolutely. Brandon, I got an interesting question here for you. What, what's the best financial advice that you can give a young person?
0: Man, don't take financial advice from Brandon Rowe. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that would probably be the big one. I think, um, man. So two things, if you, so this is kind of like, I I think this is like a financial advice because um, when I look back at my bank statement, I've seen how many times I've eaten out. If you can pack a lunch, you will save so much money. I like, it sounds silly, but I am telling you as someone who has spent, I don't even want to say the number of, of, of amount on eating out how much money I would have saved it's pack a lunch. I'm telling you, it will help. But the the thing that I uh, like financially, cause like I'm, you know, I, I'm not an expert, but one thing that's really been helping me is every paycheck that like, you know, create a savings account and every paycheck that you get, just take a little bit of it and put it into your savings. And um, so I'm lucky. I have a savings where uh, there's a penalty to take the money out. Um, like you have, or no, no, sorry. There's not a penalty. You have to go into the branch to, to be able to move it, um, which makes it easier. So I don't touch it. And um, so now I have, like a pretty good savings. Like, like I look at where I am in my life now, like I'm looking at potentially purchasing a house. Um, you know, I'm, I'm at that phase now and that's only because, um, uh, you know, I've been, I've been saving. Um, so I think that like, those are, those are two things uh, I know it's kind of unorthodox, but those are two things that, uh, that, that I like that, that I would say is, is, is good. And don't be afraid to start talking to, um, you know, professionals early. To, to, to you know ask them like what to do, because one thing that I would say is appreciate and 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 be happy to be uh, a teen and a kid now because i didn't understand how many how much money they take from you <laughs> when you become an adult. I feel like every I, I feel like as soon as as soon as I like walked out of the, the university grad uh, convocation, I, I felt like it, they were already reaching into my back pocket and taking money from me. <laughs> so it, it, it's, it, it will be wise to, um, talk to someone for sure. It, even as early as, as high school, I, I think, uh, that, that it's definitely smart and, and, and find out the, the ways, you know, um, that you can save and investments, um, that, that, uh, that will just grow as, as you get older. Um, you know, I, I, think those are definitely two, those are some things that, uh, people should keep in, keep in mind.
1: Good stuff. What are two things you wish you knew earlier that you know now? Two, th-
0: um, two things I wish I knew earlier. I think one would be, so like, like if I could go back and tell myself kind of thing, yes. I think one would be, um don't take everything so, so serious. And, and, and I don't say that in like a, you know, disrespect people or, or, or in that way, but I think I was so um, uptight with a lot of things and it just led me to not have as much fun as I, as I could have. And this is from, you know, even when I look back into my, you know, my playing days of just being so uptight and so like, Oh my, you know, we got to, we got to do this for the game as opposed to just, as opposed to just enjoying being on the field because, you know, all I have right is, is, is the Jersey. Uh, Like, you know, I, I, I can't, you know, well with, with my old bones, like I can't go on the field anymore. I can't put on the helmet. Like once it's gone, it's gone. So, um, you know, don't take two things too serious and enjoy, enjoy the little things are, are, um, are huge. And I think that one thing that I, um, and I, and I guess it's different for everyone. So I guess you kind of put in the person, whether it's, uh, you know, substitute, uh, the person, but you know, when you, you, you know, your mom or, or, or your, your grandparents give you advice, like it's not always to, you know, don't always <laughs> buck up against it. Sometimes it's, it it's, it's good advice. And when I think back of, of, uh, like the advice that I got and I, and I could have, uh, taken it, um, it, it, I think it, you know, it could have. Uh, helped not go through some hardships that I that I did go through growing up. If I would have just taken the advice and and just went with it, as opposed to you know doing my own thing. So sometimes it's good to, to to listen and 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 take a second before you before you do something.
1: Definitely good to listen, and you know as you get older, you start to appreciate wisdom. Mm-hmm. You know you don't appreciate it when you're young, but when you get older, you start to say, Ah, that's what they were telling me about. Exactly. You really have those, for lack of better words, aha moments mm-hmm. that really look back on you like, shucks, <laughs> I, should, I should listen to that piece of advice. And, you know, we all go through that phase where we think we know it all. And I, I find the know it all phase is early 20s, uh, where you feel like I've got it mapped out. I know it all. And then you get to your 30s and you're like, oh, okay. And you get to your mid 30s, you're like, okay. So I think it's a a journey. And I think that as you grow, the more you can listen, you will learn and really listen. A lot of times we hear, but we're not listening. And Mm -hmm. obviously that's kind of what this show is all about too, and sharing real stories and and stories of resiliency. So we're able to pass on wisdom. These things you don't find in uh, a textbook. Right, these are just live stories, so which is super important uh, to help enhance the journey, especially within our community right now with our youth. Yeah. What are some What are some tips that you would give to a young person right now wanting to get into journalism? Like top three tips of things that they should be doing if they're looking to become a reporter, anchor, uh, storyteller. What are three things that you think that they should be doing?
0: For sure, Uh, I'd say number one find someone, uh, you know, find a a reporter, anchor, uh, you know, sports person, you know, radio host that you enjoy, reach out to them. Um, I think nine times out of 10, um, you know, they are going to be more than willing to uh, help you and uh, give you advice. And I know it's kind of tough right now with COVID, but, you know, they might even invite you in and let you kind of take, you know, take in what it's like to be in the industry and what it's like to see how the news is put together, uh, or sports. Um, so I think reach out to someone that you respect and someone that you admire, and, and try to get that mentor uh, mentorship early. Uh, I think number two, um, depending on what you want to do, if it's TV, if it's uh, radio, if it's um, you know, you want to be a print journalist, is start doing it now. So you know if you want to be if you want to be a reporter or a host or 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 anything you know start a YouTube channel and start pumping out content on YouTube um, of something of a topic that you're interested in and and that is going to because I think that's one thing that I'm noticing you know something when I got into seneca is, is we're all coming in with no knowledge of of uh, of, jur- of- journalism or, or being on camera and now it's now're it's like we're kind of playing catch up because it, it's, it's so competitive because you have Seneca, then you have all these other uni- uh, universities and colleges, but then you also have to worry about all the people that just graduated and graduated before that. So you're competing with them. Then you have all the people that may have just lost a job or looking for a new job. So it, to, you you want to be able to put yourself ahead of as many people as possible. So, um, yeah, just practice. So yeah, if you want to be on TV, you know, start a YouTube. If you want to be on radio, start a podcast. If you want to be in print, um, if you want to be in print. Uh, you know, start, start a blog and start writing it. Just, just, just keep practicing. Um, and, and, and just keep getting reps. I think, I think that's the most important thing. Just kind of go, go back to sports, you know, like well, during, during this cut break, uh, you know, with COVID, I don't think any of those NBA players are just sitting down all day. Like, I'm sure they're still throwing up shots. Um, because as good as they are, they still have to practice because they don't want to be rusty in the game. It's same thing with journals, we, you can't just think that okay, I'm just gonna be on TV that just doesn't work like that. So if you can practice and, and kind of do um, um, you know do do those things to to get better, it will only help you in the long run. And then I think the third thing, especially for youth going up, is just to watch as much. And not too much, because sometimes the news can be, you know, a little bit grim and that could, you know, and you also have to keep your mental health in in mind, but watch news, watch different types of news, whether it's CBC, watch the BBC, watch American news, just see, see how they do it. And it's just good because then you'll see like the different ways you can tell a story and it's just going to make you that much better by watching as much as many people and as many different stations from different places. So not just here in Toronto or in Ontario, but outside of Ontario and, and in the States, even in the UK, uh, you know, there's some, there's a lot of great journalists doing great things and it will only benefit you by uh, checking it out and kind of learning it and studying how they do things.
1: Great advice. Brandon, do you have a favorite quote? Oh, favorite quote. Um, I know I'm a quote person, but it's, it's just one of those things that, you know, if, if there's a, a quote that you, you look back to when, in, in times of hardship or in times when you're feeling down and you really look to this. Yeah. So like yeah, not... mine, for example, is mm-hmm. be the change you want to see in the world. Mahatma Gandhi. So mm-hmm. that for me is like, cause I find people complain a lot and they're like, this thing should be like this things should be like that. Well, be that change. That you're looking for. And I always remember that. And I, I I use it as a as a place to go to because it is very easy for us to complain at times. And if you look at it from the place for me, I always say, okay, Ken, you know what? Be that difference. So instead of, you know, something could just irritate you in that moment. And it's like, what what do you want to receive back? Be that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I you know, I think, I think um,
0: you know, I know uh you know something that my cause my uh my grandmother was you know she always pushed all, all of us to kind of do um uh do whatever we want. And one thing she always used to say was um uh reach high, dream deep. And and it was, it was all about um you know with hard work you you, you know you, you can, you can accomplish some some great things and and, and she always pushed us to never think even if we don't see ourselves in those, in those roles, um, that it's not, that it's impossible. So, um, that was always something that, that stuck with me and, and, uh, um, I, I try to take it with me at, at wherever I go that, uh, you know, with hard work, it, I think anything really can be accomplished and, and it doesn't hurt to, to have big goals. Um, because, you know, I, I think that, um, far too often especially with you know whether it's yourself or other people people are so quick to kind of shut shut you down but you know i i had a, my big goal that because the, the the retail job that i worked at one of the things is you have to write your goals and my big goals work for ctv toronto that was that was like the big goal and i and i got there so um so i know that uh yeah, that, that's, like, I've always kept that in my mind. And I think, it, I think it's, it's helped me kind of get, get to where, where I am to know that uh, nothing, it, nothing is impossible, but y- you, know, you, you have to put the work in. Uh, and that's something that she always told us and something that we've always strived to, uh, uh, to get to.
1: Good hard. stuff. Hey, hard work goes a long way. And I always uh-huh. tell people work smart as well. So have that game plan, but you can't, you, there's no way around hard work. That's for sure. Brandon, how can people find you? Let's say they're looking for mentorship. Let's just say, I know you're not a big social media guy, but how can people find you?
0: For sure. Uh, So I do have Twitter, uh, which is Brandon Rowe TV. Uh, So they can find me on Twitter and my DMS are open. Um, So you can, you can always message me there. I have my email there as well uh, on my Twitter and you can always shoot me an email. I'm I'm pretty much checking. I check it pretty uh, consistently. And then um, as I mentioned, I do have Instagram, which is City News Brandon. Um, you know, if if uh, uh you can watch some of my stories there or or shoot me a message as well. And um, uh, you know, I ch- I check it uh, um you know periodically.
1: Amazing. Brandon, thank you so much for joining us today sharing your story, being so open with yourself and sharing your your, your real journey, the nitty gritty of it. We sincerely appreciate you and all that you continue to do, the representation, being down to earth uh, so that young women and men can see that it is possible. So thank you, first of all, for being you. And thank you for joining us today.
0: I appreciate it. Thank you for having me.
1: Thank you to everyone for watching the show today. Brandon dropped some amazing gems that you definitely going to have to watch the show probably again to take notes. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at makeyourmark.ca, Facebook, same thing, and you've logged on to watch the show. So make sure to tune in every week for new updated shows until we see you again. You've been listening to the Make Your Mark podcast. You can visit our website and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at makeyourmark.ca. And please subscribe, rate, and review.